is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Yo, Players Lounge here on a Friday. Players Lounge time brought to you by Hotels.com on Nui Scruggs. Longtime Cowboys broadcaster, uh, joined by State Cowboys reporter, joined by uh, Barry Church and Danny McCray, two former Dallas Cowboys safety. So the beauty of this show is they bring us football from their eyes. It's guys who've been in the locker room, who've played the game and have a better understanding of it than a guy like me and most Cowboy fans. <laughs> so let us start off the show with something that just absolutely drove me crazy today. And that was comments from former NFL quarterback Carson Palmer. So it's Super Bowl week. And during Super Bowl week, a lot of guys like Carson Palmer, Emmitt Smith, um, go around doing these um, uh, promos for companies, and they'll go on radio stations. So guy might be pitching tequila, soft drinks, um, copy ink, whatever, and they go on these shows. So... Carson Palmer was on 105.3, the fan of the Dallas Cowboys flagship station. And Carson told Sean and RJ that he thinks because Dak Prescott is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, he should take less money. That was his thought process. Uh, and then he said, well, you look at, uh, you know, at one point in time you had Jason Witten, Tony Romo, and Troy Aikman. All of these guys had major network TV jobs. It was because they all played for the Dallas Cowboys. And that Dak should be thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought is, what if Dak doesn't want to go into TV? What if Dak says, I don't want to, I don't want to be a broadcaster? Um, it's, it's, it, it just bugs me because why does Dak have to take less money? And I'm going to lay it out here, okay, fellas? One of my issues is it becomes, and it feels to me like it becomes the Grateful Negro argument. Hey, man, you should just be happy that you get to play for Mr. Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. You should take whatever you can and help them out. No. Zeke didn't say, you know what, man, I'm going to take less so Dak can get paid. Tank didn't say, I'm going to take less so Dak can get, get paid. Jimmy Garoppolo played seven games and reset the market. Okay, he reset the market for quarterback based off seven playoff I mean, I mean, seven games. None of them were in the playoffs. Okay, seven football games. Andrew Luck set the market. Matthew Stafford set the market. Aaron Rodgers set the market. Russell Wilson set the market. But now, Dak Prescott needs to be the dude that says, hey, man, I'm going to take less money. Fellas, I have a problem Tony, with this. I really Tony do. Romo didn't take less money either, man. So so don't don't forget to uh, leave Tony out of there. All right? He he didn't take less money, so other people could 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 make some to make the team better. So that was the last Cowboys quarterback that got paid a lot of bread. So so make sure you lump him in there too. What nobody asking him to do what they asking Dak to do. And, and and I think it's funny. We always go into this the old school comment. I always be like, man, the old school they always want to look at look at stuff how it was done back in the day and. and they don't want to change and do all that stuff between him 
and what he said this week and what Brett Favre said about Deshaun Watson Ooh. making so much money that he, you know, we, we make too much money to have an opinion. That is some old school, crazy way of thinking that you just not in, in the new century. And we don't think that way. Millennials, Gen X, all this stuff, they don't think that way. So they can say that all they want to and it's going to continue to be wrong and people are continue to uh, knock them down for it because it don't make no sense. One, get out of their pockets. Two, you ain't even there no more. So stop speaking on this man. You don't know him. You don't know what's happening with the inner workings of the organization. And when you're speaking on Dak, this dude was a fourth round draft pick, hasn't got a chance to get his big payday. And when it's time for him to get his big payday, the team hasn't paid him for two years. And you're consistently telling him to take less money uh, so he can go speak uh, as, a, as an NFL broadcaster. Makes makes no sense. The dude's in his 20s. You talk about what, what he should be doing when he's 35 and 40 years old. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah it, it makes no sense. I mean, D-Mac, I agree with you 100% on this one. I mean, Carson Palmer's, uh, his comments to me, they, they were out of pocket. I mean, first of all, you, you shouldn't be in the business of counting other man's money. Like, you know, let him be him. Let him get as much money as he can. If it's with the Dallas Cowboys, fine. If it's somewhere else, that's great as well. But Dak Prescott deserves his money, and he should get paid as such. And for all these guys telling him to take discounts, take haircuts, and all this other stuff, he shouldn't do that because, because the organizations don't do that. When they're taking TV deals and they're doing all these, all these uh, different type of deals, they're not taking discounts off. They're not doing haircuts. Jerry Jones isn't giving these TV guys a discount at all so why should why should Dak Prescott do that as well I just don't see that and and when they talk about off the field stuff when you when you're a Dallas Cowboy you get all this money off the field that is true but a lot of it is the play on the field like Quincy Carter was a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys do you think he had all these national programs and all these Mm -hmm. national commercials no because he wasn't doing as well on the field as Dak Prescott so for me if I'm Dak Prescott you got to get all the money that you can and make sure you don't give anybody discounts because this NFL thing is not for long. It's only a short period of your life. So get as much money as you can. Now, as far as the Brett Favre comments, I mean, he's completely out of pocket. I mean, this is like this is like this is along the lines of shut up and dribble type argument. I just can't deal with it. And I just can't believe Brett Favre would even go out there and make those comments. Here's the hypocrisy of Brett Favre. For a while, Brett Favre was holding Ted Thompson, who was running the Green Bay Packers, in a hostage mode. I don't know if I'm going to play next year. I don't know. i got to think about anything. So he was kind of waffling in this whole retirement thing for a minute. And so what did Ted Thompson do when I drafted Aaron Rodgers? Well, now Brett Favre, all of a sudden, now now, now he's in. And then Brett decided to retire. (laughs) Then Brett wanted to come back. And Ted Thompson said, no, you can't come back. And then Brett said, well, let me compete for the job. And Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy said, no, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. So then Brett said, Trade me to Minnesota. They're like, we ain't trading you in the division, man. No. And so they worked it out that Brett could go to the New York Jets, and they traded him over to the AFC. So then he decides to retire from the Jets after he plays a year. He retires and asks them to release him. Then he comes back. Well, guess who he's playing for? He's playing for Minnesota. (laughs) And then... Okay, remember now, they ended up, well, one, one summer he was sitting at, his, sitting at his farm and he didn't know if he wanted to come back. So they tell everybody to go on down. Okay, they tell everybody to go on down to the Mississippi and convince him to come back and play another year. I mean, this thing is ridiculous. You're talking about an ultimate diva and a guy who wanted things his own way. And then he, and when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, he was like, I ain't helping him. It's not my job to help him. I mean, this guy's amazing, the hypocrisy he wants to throw out here that all of a sudden, you know, Deshaun Watson shouldn't be asking for a trade. You know who asked for a trade and got one and he didn't say anything about? Matthew Stafford. Told Lions, I don't play yep. you no more. <laughs> I mean, so so was Matthew Stafford supposed to just shut up? I mean, come on, man. It's, it, it's the constant thing of I'm going to point my finger at this guy 
I ain't gonna look at what I did. I mean, you know, did we? I know this. I didn't forget when Carson Palmer decided to quit the Cincinnati Bengals. He quit. Okay? He quit. <laughs> this is true too. Went home, true. said I ain't playing. I ain't never gonna play for you again. And then after the Bengals played hardball, they ended up trading him to the Raiders. Uh, I just, I, I just find it hilarious, man, when these guys want to sit up here and tell other dudes that they need to take less money. What is one thing that we've seen this offseason? There's teams are desperate for quarterbacks. Okay, they're desperate for them. And we didn't bring up Kirk Cousins. But has anybody been paid more money in the NFL and delivered so little like Kirk Cousins? No. He never gave yeah. anybody a discount. Sam Bradford. Before, that was before. Bill just come out of college, you know. Sam Bradford. I got to throw about Definitely highway robbery, though. And look, never, never gave discounts. So I just find it amazing that other people who don't give discounts, it's all good, and people who haven't accomplished what Dak Prescott has accomplished. Now he's supposed to sit around here and give the Cowboys a discount. Now, you well, guys well, remember this? Yeah. Well, well Nui, listen, you continue with your point right after this. Remember this. Dak Prescott went out, there, went out there this year, gave everything he got, and broke his leg. <laughs> All right? And then out, coming off of that, after coming out there and putting your body on the line, playing, giving everything for your team and the organization, this dude, Carson Palmer, says, oh, by the way, when you come back, you should take a discount, man, because when, when you're done, you might be able to be on TV. Get out of here. It don't make <laughs> no sense, man. Football players, like, this is the most physical sport on earth to me, and you go out there and you risk everything. You deserve to get paid what you ask for, especially when you perform like you like that Prescott has been doing to carry the team. And once you see how the team performed without him, you should say that you should be asking for more. Not not this BS that, that Carson Palmer. Who is Carson Palmer anyway? Uh, what, what, I don't want to talk about that dude. Hey, look, I, I'm, I like Carson Palmer. Got, got to cover Carson as a high school football player in Southern California. And look, he was asked. The guys from the fan asked him his opinion, and he gave it. I just disagree with the opinion. And there are other people out here who's ba- who are backing him up. I had one guy on Twitter say, well, man, he needs to take less so they can keep Zeke and keep other people around him. And not to beat up Zeke, but Zeke didn't give him no discount. He didn't say, you know what, man, let me leave by 15 mil on the table so we can go ahead and get Dak and I got a good quarterback. No, he wanted his. Tank said it best. It's not my job to save the Cowboys money. And if we kind of go back 18 months into this, can we not put this on the Cowboys? The Cowboys could have got him should have they could have got him and should have got him when Wentz got his deal. And then Golf got his deal. And we were sitting here saying, hey man, how long are you gonna wait? He's in the class of these guys, you should pay him. But people like, oh, he's not worth he's not worth 30 million. Remember that? He ain't worth 30 million. You shouldn't be paying him 30 million a year. Well, guess what? Price tag went up 10 million. Okay, it's just gone up 10 million. And it's the Cowboys' fault. They're the ones who decided not to write the check. And if you're Dak Prescott, if they give you a franchise tag, you go into next year, and, and who knows where you can end up. Chicago got quarterback problems. Uh, Jimmy G's in his last year with the 49ers, and the 49ers could move off of him. But could you imagine Dak Prescott playing in that Kyle Shanahan system? Uh, the New England Patriots right now don't have a quarterback. There's teams in this league who need a quarterback. And if I'm Dak Prescott, and if I can't come to an agreement with the Cowboys this year, this guy can go into next year. He will find a home. And he won't have to take a, take a discount at all. 
So do you so do you think it's that they don't believe in him as a franchise quarterback? Because I mean, look, if if he's that guy, if he's the guy that they want so bad, I mean, a year difference to me between a four year contract and a five year five year contract. If he's that guy, if he's what you believe in, that shouldn't be hold. That shouldn't be you know stopping you. That shouldn't be anything. There's that shouldn't be in the way of getting a deal done to me. So what do you think, Newey and Danny? Like what is it the belief factor, or is it really just this four to five year thing? Because I just really don't believe that if he's your guy. <laughs> Listen, I'm going back to what I said a couple of years ago. It's the belief factor to me. I mean, I think I think this year was one of those prove it years, and then it got cut short because he ended up breaking his leg. Um, I think if if he takes the team to the playoffs and go on the deep run, that four year deal is on the table. Uh, I think if they if if he played the entire season, and they end up seven and nine, six and ten, then that that four year deal is not on the table, and they're looking at other options at quarterback. Uh, it, you know, it just so happens this year that he only made it through a portion of the season, so now they have to kind of weigh weigh the options of which way they want to go. But I think it's the belief factor, and, and it was a proven deal that he was playing on this year. I think you have to look at history. And you say, who are some of the players the Cowboys have used a franchise tag on? Uh, Tank Lawrence. They used it on Anthony Spencer. And what was the yeah. message? Show us, show us one more year. That, that was the message. And while the Cowboys can say, hey, look, we, we thought we had a deal at one time, and then the agent changed his mind, and then we, we wanted a deal at five years, the agent wanted four. He's not signed. And you're now in a process where you've got to get a deal done here in the next seven to eight weeks. Or you're going to risk... You know, really just blowing this thing up and having to look for a quarterback in 2022. They can't, they cannot do another uh, franchise tag with Dak Prescott. It's going to be too cost prohibitive. So they're at this point in time where they're going to have to get a deal done. And I don't care what anyone says, it favors the quarterback. Okay. Some people are like, well, Jerry's got leverage because he got hurt. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I didn't think that Jared Goff's contract could get moved. It got moved. I didn't think anybody would give up. Uh, a high one for Matthew Stafford, and there were a whole bunch of high ones that Detroit had that they that, that they could have gotten for Matt Stafford, outside of that two first rounders, and a and a third round pick that they got for Matthew Stafford. You add in Dak Prescott, the way this league is going, a, a mobile quarterback and a guy who's put up some good numbers here, this guy's gonna get a he's gonna get a payday. He's gonna get a payday. So either the Cowboys are gonna give it to him, or they're gonna risk somebody else giving it to him next year. By the way, I forgot to mention New Orleans is gonna need a quarterback. If that if that was a first it was a first round pick, I believe he would have been signed. He would have been re-signed to the Dallas Cowboys already. I think that that draft position is something that 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 kind of just seeps in in the head of owners and in, in, in the top of the organization because I, I don't know if that tag just sticks with him. But I believe that if he was he was a first round pick like some of these other guys that are re-signing early and getting four year deals for a hundred plus million dollars guaranteed, I think that he would have been paid already. And, and that's what I don't understand why they didn't get it done. They had such a bargain for the first four years. I mean, he's a fourth round pick. If you after his first two years, if you were to throw money at him like a bag of money, like that golf or that Wentz type deal, I'm sure he would have jumped all over that. I just, you know, I, and, and he performed better and better as it goes on each year. So for me, I just, you know, I think that's just a mistake in front office. They should have, you know, got him, got him signed earlier, well, like Newey said, and then you know we wouldn't be in this predicament as we speak. Now let's kind of let's let's go back here a little bit of, of revisionist history, because you bring up a good point, Church. But come back to this. Remember when Ezekiel Elliott was holding out? At that time, there were a lot of people saying this offense can't work without Zeke. It's all about Zeke. It all revolves around the run game, and he sits out. They decide they want to pay him. 
They pay him, first three games, Dak Prescott goes off. I mean, he's sensational. Um, it, was, it was what the Giants, Miami, and I forgot who the other team. Maybe it was Washington. Maybe it's was, I think yeah, it was Washington. So those first three games, man, he was on fire, and then the price tag just just shot up. And we saw that Dak Prescott had improved as a player. So a part of that, you know, we we're not sure is is Dak able to carry the team? Is it all the offensive line and Zeke? I mean, you still had some of those people saying that, and they went worth thirty mil, and the guy just went out there and proved folks wrong. So. The Cowboys are going to pay one way or the other. You're going to pay for um, a high number that's going to be around $40 million a year, or you're going to be looking for a quarterback in 2022. And I'm sorry, that's a scary proposition because there's a whole lot of folks who are, are, are trying to look for a quarterback. It's hard to find these dudes, man. It's hard. This is true. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You, you you got lucky, man. You struck gold in the fourth round, and somehow you're going to let that goal, you know, be disappointed and, and, and feel a certain way about you and possibly get up out of here. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. You know, you keep on saying that, that he's he's the he's the guy, he's the most important thing, and you went back from saying that, you know, the, the, the pie is not big enough for everybody to get some. You gave everybody some, but Dak, you know, th- th- this guy's looking at all this stuff. He's seeing all this. He's remembering that he's coming off an ankle injury where he put it on the line for, for his team, and, and, and if you keep this up and, and, and these negotiations get drug out, I think we can see a real issue here with Dak Prescott in the future. Did I mention the Colts need a quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of options. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers go be in the market for a quarterback, if not this year, next year. I mean, there's plenty of teams right now that are in a position where if they don't need one this year, they'll need one next year. If you're Tampa Bay, you know what? Let's say Tom Brady comes and plays in 2020, uh, in 2021. Well, what about 2022 if the Cowboys franchise Dak and he gets out on the market? I mean, this thing, the, the more we look at it, the more and more you see that if you're the Cowboys, not signing him is going to put you in a spot. And who are you going to go get? And that that's the big thing. Who are you going to get? When people talk about, hey man, Newey, uh, they they should trade Deshaun Watson, get all you can. I'm like, who are you going to get if you let Deshaun <laughs> Watson go? It's hard. You can talk about draft people all day long. You guys played in this league. These draft picks, man. We like to look at the successful dudes. People don't want to talk about the Trubisky's and Blake Bortles and these guys. That teams are like, man, we messed up. Or even you look at golf. Hey, they got rid of golf. They ran the guy off. It is hard to find a dude. And Mahomes, I mean, that's the genie in the bottle. These are the outliers, man. There's more of these guys. Sam Bradford again. Look- uh, well, <laughs> Sam Bradford. Um, look, at, look at Josh Rosen. So remember, Arizona traded up to 10 to select Josh Rosen. And a year later, they ran this guy out of town because they had the number one pick and they took Kyler Murray. So they took mm. first-round quarterbacks back-to-back years. So if you've got one, man, write the check. Write the check and, and, and be done with this. It is hard. Miami's still looking for a quarterback. I don't care that they draft two. Since Dan Marino left, they've still been looking for a quarterback, man. Look at Washington. Yeah. Washington is hard yeah. up trying to find a quarterback. Yeah, I think it's just at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to how much the Joneses believe in Dak as a franchise quarterback. And, it, you know, I, I think they're like Danny said, I think there's still rumblings going on in there that they don't think without a, without a healthy Zeke, without a fresh offensive line, that he can take them to that spot. And, you know, I think if, if they did, they would have already paid him. They would have already paid him. So to me, I, it's a tough one, but they put themselves in this situation. It, I, it, listen, I, I think. 
I think that's crazy, right? Because if you look at the two teams that's in the Super Bowl, they have pretty healthy offensive lines, they have pretty good running backs, they have pretty good receivers, and they have very good quarterbacks, right? So this thing of that can't do it without this and out that, yes, to be a Super Bowl winning team, you need to be a well-rounded team. And it starts with the quarterback. Yes, you also need a running game. Yes, you also need a healthy offensive line to keep up, keep the quarterback up. But you need all that stuff. The, 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 the notion that that can't do it without X, Y, Z, not many quarterbacks have won the, actually that I know of have won the Super Bowl with just them being the guy and them not having an O-line, a running game, or some type of defense. That, that, that doesn't make sense. I would say this yeah. as, we go, as we go to break. I think the Andy Dalton experiment told me a whole lot. Um, Andy's a three-time Pro Bowl. He's a guy who's won a lot of games. But Andy Dalton came in here and he couldn't really make a difference. And it's not all on Andy because you had you know, offensive line issues and stuff before, but it was clear. There was a drop off from Dak Prescott and what he could do and what he could bring. And if you go ahead and let this guy get out the door, the chances of you ending up with somebody like Andy Dalton who can only do so much in this offense and gets limited, you're not gonna win many games like that. It's tough. And I know that we could talk about defense, a lot of other facts. Like I said, I'm not blaming it on Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton didn't make anybody else better, okay? And that's not a slight. It's just saying. It's just being honest. Not many quarterbacks can. But it was very clear what a guy like Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's making Pro Bowls with Dak Prescott. With Andy Dalton, he's just here. Even though he had some <laughs> nice numbers, he wasn't a Pro Bowl guy. So if I've got that guy who, oh, by the way, in this marketplace, these kids want to buy his jersey. Your wife knows who Dak Prescott is. He's a favorable guy here. Man. Pay for that. Pay for that and move on. Uh, we got to take a break right here on the Players Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com. But when we come back, we've got to make our Super Bowl predictions. And let's dive into Dan Quinn. Um, can we expect huge changes in this defensive scheme now that Dan Quinn is going to take over for the fired Mike Nolan? We'll do that next on the Players Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. 
A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back, Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now, get your exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details. You are in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Lee Scruggs, coming to the Cowboys forever today. Brought by, I should say, brought along by the two guys who played this game. These guys carry the show. It is Danny McCray and Barry Church. They were safeties for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, as we sit in our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios, Church, how does new defensive coordinator Dan Quinn make a difference in your opinion? How does the scheme change, if at all? Uh, I think, I think to be honest with you, Nui, I think it's going to be night and day. I think if, 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 I'm, if I'm thinking correctly, I think Dan Quinn will bring that Seattle-style defense down to, down, to the Dallas, uh, down to the Dallas Cowboys. But what I think he'll do is I think he'll make it just extremely simple. If you think about it, back in 2018, when you know our linebackers, that two tandem we had, LVE and and Jalen, they were basically considered, you know, one of the top linebacking tandems at the time, and they were flying all over the place. And with that Marinelli system, it was extremely simple. It was, look, we're lined up in what we are. You can either beat us with doing this, or or you can't. But we, this is how we're going to line up, and and it was make a close call, and it was just run and hit. There was no, you know, multiple looks. There was no defensive ends dropping, or I got to I got to make this check if this running back switches over here, or or I got to make this check if the quarterback says this. That's just a lot of thinking going on with our young linebackers in there. And I think what Dan Quinn can bring down to this to this defense is just a simple defense. Make a close call. This is my responsibility. Run and hit. And I think if he's able to do that, I think he'll get the most out of his linebackers and out of his defense. So hopefully we're able to do that because Lord knows we need to be better on defense if we're going to make a run at anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm with you, Church. You know, I put my stamp on Dan Quinn uh, before we even picked him up. So, I'm, so I'm going. I'm, I'm gonna stamp on that one more time. The biggest thing that Dan Quinn can do when he come here comes here is reinstall the four three defense. Get those four defensive linemen, those those speed rush defensive ends. Get them active and make sure that the linebackers are playing gap control defense. That way it's no gray area. You know that if you get a pull and guard, one 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 guy has an A gap, one guy has a B gap, one guy has a C gap. That way that you know you're looking at specifically your job and you're not getting lost like we seen those guys doing specifically against uh the Baltimore Ravens when you seen LVE looking at too many things. When you're in the four three, you have one gap that is your assignment and you have to be in that and that and that's all you have to do to be successful on that defense. So I think if he comes back and he implements that 4-3, he will maximize that. He will maximize what uh, Demarcus Lawrence can do, Randy Gregory can do, and then he'll have those guys like Trayvon Diggs. He'll have them right. The, the defensive back coach that they got, I think he'll, he'll be an improvement. But he'll, he'll maximize uh, Trayvon Diggs being able to play press and play aggressive, and he'll shore up those getting beat deep plays. And I think they'll, they'll play a lot better. All right, let me let, let's kind of go level by level on this. All right, as we we talk about Dan Quinn, and you know you can put in a simple defense. Simple defenses work when you have great players. So 
Yeah, who are your two starting? Who are your starting two defensive ends right now? If we just look at the base, okay? So, Church, who are your defensive ends? You start. I'm going. I'm, I'm going. Tank Lawrence on one side, and I'm going Gregory on okay. the other. I think. I think what? Tank Lawrence can play the run extremely well, and I think Gregory's he got a, he got a huge ceiling. So for me, I got to go with those two at the defensive end spots. McCray, you good Same with here. that? Same here. All right. S- same so here. Let same here. Let, let those guys put their hand back in the ground and, and, and rush so, the passer. So what about Alden Smith? Is he out? Yes. To me, Alden Smith is out. It's just it's just too, too – like the production at the beginning of the season was amazing. Great story. But as the season went on, it just tailed off. And to, at the end of the season, we, we were asking if he even dressed. So for me, I, I just don't think he warrants coming back. I think he stands in the way of a guy like Randy Gregory or Dorrance Armstrong, guys like that who I want to see more on the field. So for me, I, I, it's a no on Alden Smith. All right, so let's go yeah, to the defensive I, tackle. I, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I second that with Alden Smith, and, and the big thing with him is he's a 3-4 guy, and uh, I, I see Dan Quinn putting a 4-3 in, so I just don't see it being as, as good of a fit as it was last season. Okay, what about defensive tackle? Go ahead, D-Mac. Ooh, I, you know, listen. <laughs> That's tough. I think I think that's where we're, we're, we're going to have to draft a guy. Hopefully, you know, in the second, third, somewhere in there. But uh, I, I saw something on Neville Gallimore on Twitter. Yes. That, you know, uh, you know, uh, amongst rookies, he was one of the highest rated uh, run stoppers, man. So I'm, I'm gonna give him a chance to compete for that starting job in the offseason. and then I, I will put. Uh, I'm looking for a draft pick to come in, a high draft pick to come in and, and, and compete for that other spot, man. Because the guy, I think Antoine Woods, we've seen him in there. We know he can play, but we haven't seen him be ultra productive. So I see a competition for that other spot. But I, I'm giving Neville Gallimore a shot. For me, I, okay. you, get, you got one star in there. You got one star. You got Gallimore in there. We've seen towards the end of the season he's coming along. I think you got one guy in him. Now, it all depends for me on that other spot. I don't think you got to go super high as a draft pick because I like what I saw from Tristan Hill. But it only – you, he can, if he comes back from that knee injury, the same guy, okay. But if he, if he, if he tapers off anything, I think you're going to have to spend a draft pick just in case on him. So maybe in the later rounds. But I think you start off with those two in there. I like what I saw from them last season. You said you, said you like Tristan Hill last season, huh? Gator roll. My, hey, my Gator hey, roll hey, guy. You like to- <laughs> come, come up with a body part, man. Come up with Listen, a body part. I am not hopping on the Tristan Hill bandwagon, the, the great camp and all that stuff where you don't even have to put pads on. I am not hopping on that bandwagon. <laughs> okay, so, so I think it's safe to say free agency, draft, defensive tackle, there, there's a need. Okay, there's a need right there. Uh, let's look at the linebacker spot. All right? So we're talking about running a four three. Who the three? Who are the three linebackers you running out there? Go ahead, D. Yeah, listen. Well, I mean, you got to put LV out there. You got to put Jalen Smith out there. And we, we've, I mean, the, the other best linebacker that we've seen play is Joe Thomas. I don't think Deshaun Lee will be here. I see him moving into a different role. I think they need to move on to the younger guys. But I mean, if you're not going to draft a guy, I think you give him a shot, right? Like I said, four three defense is mostly about discipline. You being able to be in your assignment and play gap control defense. And I think that Dan Quinn can install this. And if they have the, you know, the lengthy off season and the training camp and they're able to really put that in and get these guys disciplined enough to play their, their role, I think they can be successful at it. So that's who I'm rolling out there to start. Who's your and middle me, linebacker? It, Who's your middle linebacker? If you're going, if you're going middle it, linebacker, I, I, go, go ahead, D-Mac, go ahead. No, yeah, LVE was going to be my middle linebacker because, I mean, I, I, like, I know we worry about him banging and his shoulder and his neck, but when you're playing a 4-3, you know, the middle linebacker, 
is not necessarily always banging, right? A lot they're doing a lot of pulling, a lot of jet sweeps. It's not a lot of teams that are running specifically just lead and power. So he won't specifically have to be doing that. He'll have to play a lot of that deep Tampa cover too. He'll have to play in some pass coverage. It won't be just head banging uh, for the entire game. So I'm I'm, I'm putting him at Mike. Church. Uh, if we're going four three, like like McCray said, I'm going you know LVE at the mic. I'm going um, Jalen at the wheel, and I, I don't think you got to really spend a high draft because of because honestly, I mean, I think seventy percent of the offense is in the lead. They're coming out in eleven personnel. So if you're if you're out there in eleven personnel, uh, you're not going to be in the base four three. You're going to be in that nickel package. So not nine times out of ten, those two linebackers, the mic and the wheel, they're going to be out there. You know, probably eighty percent of the game. So for me, in that four three in that Sam position, I think you can put maybe a Joe Thomas in there, or you can get you know a later draft pick to come in there because nine times out of ten, the Sam is just there to set the edge. And and I think uh, you don't need to spend you know high quality dollars or high draft pick on somebody that's going to be you know just out there setting the edge, maybe twenty five to thirty percent of the snaps. So for me, you got to go with those two at the, in the at the linebacker position, LVE, Jalen Smith, and hopefully you know we play gap discipline defense because if not, we're going to get ran out the gym just like. We did last year okay let me go back to this whole thing of sam uh, i should say mike and will so we're talking about those guys when we saw van der Esch at his best he was at the will so why not put him over there i think i, I think Jalen. i just think Jalen might be too small to be in there man to be honest with you you know i we also got to have a good defensive line in there as well, because if those if those offensive linemen are getting to the second level like they did this past year, it don't matter who we put out. It don't matter who we put out there. They're going to get washed away. But in all, I think Jalen might be a little bit too small. And I think he's more effective as an outside linebacker because he can come off the edge and blitz as well. So that's why yeah. I would put him out there. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's why I'm, I have Jalen outside because I think you could be a little bit more creative with him, moving him around, you know, have him out there banging number two, rushing off the edge, running some games with the defensive line. I think I think that's where he's most effective at. He can rush the passer. He is athletic enough to, to get around that edge. And he can play a little bit of coverage and, and disguise a little bit. But I, I would have him outside and maximizing his athletic ability and keep LV on the inside. So who do you think covers tight ends and guys out of the background, out of the backfield better, Van Der Esch or Jalen? I, I think they're both terrible at that. Yeah, I mean, I they, both, yeah they, they, they gotta get, they gotta get with somebody. They gotta get with somebody in the offseason, the Golden Foot dude or whatever. But they, they gotta get their coverage skills on point because we saw last year. I mean, they, they were a liability in coverage. It didn't matter who it was, tight ends, running backs. It don't matter who it was. They were getting kind of routed up out there. So they, they both got to work on that. It's, and to make this defense uh, come alive, that's Dan Quinn, this, this Seattle-type defense, you got to have somebody at, a, at that linebacker position that can cover the tight ends, that can cover the backs. Because in Seattle, it was K.J. Wright doing that, and he was phenomenal. He made that, that defense come alive. So we're going to need to get better in the coverage uh, standpoint from the linebacker unit. Yeah, listen, I think that's going to be probably a weak part of our defense because, one, the game has changed, man. Some of these dudes that's playing running back are essentially they're, they're receivers. They're receivers coming out of the backfield. And then when you look at guys like Travis Kelsey and, uh, and Kittle, you know, playing tight end, these guys are receivers, right? So it's going to be difficult for you to find that, that top-notch linebacker that can really cover those type of guys. So your scheme is going to have to be able to cover up that, that, uh, that disadvantage that you have. That's where we're going to be lacking at. But if I'm lacking anywhere, 
somewhere, you know, I, that, that that's probably where I would pick, right? I would want a strong defensive line to put some pressure on the quarterback. I want to be able to cover on the back end, and then I will be a little iffy on our linebackers in coverage. So to review, we looked at the D-line. Right now, free agency draft, a defensive tackle upgrade there. And then at the linebacker spot, a coverage linebacker is something to need. Now let's look at the back end. All right, McCray, who are your starting corners? Who are your starting safeties? <laughs> Man, come on, Nui. Come on, Nui. I listen, I knew, I knew you were coming to that next. And the truth is, I don't. Th- this is where we really, really have to hit in free agency or in the draft because I'm not sure that Xavier Woods is going to be back. Um, <laughs> I, you know, based off some of the stuff that I seen last year, I would say probably not if I was uh, if I was the guy who was making that decision. So I know you got Trayvon Diggs out there. You got uh, Anthony Brown. I see him on the inside. And then I'm not sure who you have on, on the opposite corner, but I think that's somebody that you go find in uh, free agency like we were talking about. If you could find a Patrick Peterson type of guy for the right price, I would go I would go out there and I, and I would get him. I'm sure Dan Quinn has somebody in mind that, that, that would fit his scheme perfectly. Uh, that, that other safety position, man, Wilson, I, I, I you know, I, I like him. I, I see him competing, but that's somewhere where we're going to have to hit in the draft and on uh, free agency. Our secondary is where we need the most help at. Man, you, you you taking out the striker, Wilson? You said no, no. I said no, 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 no. I said he ha- he has to compete for the job. He's earned oh, his okay, right to compete you. for the the full time starting job. But you you still need to go have somebody to for him to compete with. You can't just go out there and roll out and say, I right, you know you're gonna be the starter. I think the biggest competition will have to be in that sa- uh, in that safety room. Yeah, you're right about that. I think there has to be competition throughout the whole the whole secondary, and we're gonna have to get it. We're gonna have to hit in the draft because look, I mean, after we give Dak this bag, we're getting ready to give him. We ain't, we ain't gonna have enough money to uh, get anybody in free agency, so that puts a lot of pressure on Will and those guys in the scouting department. We gotta hit in the draft. But for me, I'm leaving Wilson back there at the strong safety. I think he proved enough as a playmaker through his small sample size that he can be kind of a cornerstone piece back there. I like what I've seen from Trayvon Diggs, even though he had his ups and downs, even though, you know, there were some games he was getting burnt like toast, but he was always <laughs> competing out there. He was always competing, and I feel like he has a high ceiling once he gets his technique down. Now, the other side, I, you know, I don't see us bringing back Woods, uh, Cheeto Wuzier, or um, Jordan Lewis. I, I just don't see us bringing those back. I don't know. They might get you know more lucrative deals somewhere else, but their play, it, it wasn't as stellar as we would like to see in the secondary. So I don't see them bringing anybody back. For me at the safety position, where Xavier Woods was, I think you have to get a veteran piece back there. But not only just a veteran, I think you have to get a guy that can go red line to red line, meaning that he can, he can contest balls on the outside that the corner's supposed to have. You need that Earl Thomas type guy, but it doesn't have to break the bank. I mean, there's guys like Tayshawn Gibson, there's guys like Trey Boston out there who won't break the bank, but they're athletic enough and versatile enough at that whole safety to really make this defense come alive. Now, the other parts, I think you've got a good nickel in Anthony Brown, and I think you're going to have to hit in that draft for that other corner. I think you're going to have to do it because we can't get any high-priced corners or anybody that makes this defense come alive outside of maybe Richard Sherman, but I think he lost a couple steps, and I think he'd be a liability in the pass game with this scheme. So for me, you got to hit in that draft on that other corner, and hopefully we can make it come alive. Listen, listen. I, listen, I know we keep saying, we keep talking about the money and the salary cap and how much we'll have left after Dak that gets his bread if they ended up paying him. It's going to be some guys that's taking some major pay cuts and will not be on the squad <laughs> because let me tell you something. The money Money, man, they're going to find a way 
to free up some cash so they can go make some moves in free agency. One thing the Cowboys haven't done in the, uh, you know in recent years is be big players in free agency, right? I think we got Brandon Carr for like fifty mil way back in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, and we and we hadn't done much since. And I think I think that affects us a lot because you see a lot of the teams that end up making it a long way into the Super Bowl, they are active in free agency, right? They don't just promote from inside. They they go out and they look at other teams and talent that these guys have, and they bring those guys in to be effective on on their squad. So I think this is a year where we find a way to bring at least one one impactful player in uh, in free agency. All right. So when you talk about free agency and you're talking about safeties here, um, Justin Simmons of Denver is going to be a free agent. He is rep by Dax guy, Todd France. He didn't get a deal done for him. So there's one guy with <laughs> free, uh, free safety. And we know he gonna want to too make much this, bread. To he make this Dan Quinn. I hear you. But to make the Dan Quinn defense run, you need that free safety. He had Earl Thomas over there with the Seahawks, and he also got to the Super Bowl um, with, with a guy like Ricardo Allen. Now, Ricardo Allen is that quarterback on that Atlanta defense. He's most likely going to be a cap casualty as he's expected to make $8 million. So I got that from um, Orlando Ledbetter, who covers, covers the Atlanta Falcons. So. Um, and, and that may be a guy to look at in free agency because he knows the defense. So to me, and we spoke about this before here on the Players' Lounge, if you can bring in someone who's a veteran player who understands how to run that defense, that's a help to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a guy, Ricardo Allen, to think about if you're the Cowboys in free agency, especially if you don't want to pay for Justin Simmons. Just, just my thought. Um, but clearly, just, just to review, from what you guys are telling me, defensive tackles a need they need to look at in free agency slash the draft. A coverage linebacker uh, is a need. One corner opposite digs, and then a free safety. But that's I'm that's not, what I'm the not, Cowboys need to be looking at. I'm not giving you a coverage linebacker. Right? I, we we got two. <laughs> One's a first round pick. One just got paid. They're they're going to be the guys on the field. I don't see us bringing in a player that that knocks one of those guys off the field on on, on third down. I think I think those will be the two guys on there. Well, I think we're just gonna have to work on their coverage and ways to help them out. <laughs> now, okay, so Danny, I'm gonna push back. I'll push back on it here, Danny. What's the one thing we've seen about Leighton Vanderich? You can't count on for 16 games. So that's gonna be something you need to look at. Hold on, he may not. Uh, Come on. So when I say that about Tyron Smith, y'all give me y'all y'all give me hell about when I say this about Tyron Smith not being able to be uh, relied upon. But now you're talking about LVE. I mean LVE was just this season. Okay. I mean yeah, okay. you talking about I, not reliable. Tyron Smith, uh, come on man, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that, Danny. Okay, Danny, I, I'm gonna do that, and I'll tell you why I'm gonna do that right after the break, right here on the Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com Radio. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. To the Players' Lounge. Experience the most competitive and highest profile off-road motorcycle racing championship in the world when Monster Energy AMA Supercross returns to AT&T Stadium March 13th, 16th, and 20th. Tickets on sale now. Get yours before they sell out at SeatGeek.com. You are in the Players' Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. I'm Newey Scruggs. Cover the team forever today. Joined by two former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Barry Church and Danny McRae. So, McRae, I will, I will re- I, I, I'm here to respond uh. to what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> My issue about you trying to replace Tyron Smith is only here. You're talking about doing it with the 10th overall pick in the draft. That I'm saying no to. That has been what I push back on. You want to sit up here and find a tackle in round three or four? Fine, but not at 10. I'm not, I am adamantly opposed as a first or second round draft pick being used on anything but defense. Dan Quinn needs some help. They need some walk-in starters. So that is my thing there. Okay, floor is yours. This makes no sense to me. It makes, it makes no sense. If you're going to replace a guy like Tyron Smith, who has been a staple and most important player of, for, for, for the, I guess for the last what six seven years on your offensive line, you gonna replace him with a third rounder? No, you need to have a guy that is a for sure walk in the door starter because you are if you draft him in the first round, you are replacing Tyron Smith. You're not grooming him to replace him in the next two or three years. You're getting rid of him. so. I'm still going offensive line in the first round. I don't see if you pick a defensive tackle in the first name. Go find some film and show me a defensive tackle that's worth getting picked. Pick that corner. We need a corner. We need need a a veteran corner. Let me tell you something. I don't know about that. We do not need two. We do, we do not need a second year player who just got toasted his whole first year, and then another rookie coming in as, as our two starting corners for this season, and expect to be some that's guys that, that's stopping people. 
That's why you get the vet, the vet safety, and you get you a, you get you a vet corner. But that's gonna that's gonna be like your fourth corner, your fifth corner, mainly special teams. You, Yo, you, we cannot, the vet. We, cannot, we do not need a cover linebacker in the first round, and there's no way we can go offense with the way this defense performed. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's it's crazy. That's but church that, that that's because you believe it was the players, and I believe it was the coach. I mean, and obviously uh, the, the 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 top of the organization agrees with me because most of that coaching staff is no longer here, <laughs> and, and oh, most of the players man. and most of the players are still here. So I mean, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, in order to pay back, we're gonna have to get rid of a lot of the players. So oh, I mean, they man. might be here, here they might go. not be here. Here we I, go, here hey, we go, man. We here need we go. defense, man. We seen it. We seen it. We need. Church. We got without a doubt, without a doubt. Nah, man. listen, it's it's, church, it's church, church fault. Church, man. Church. <laughs> for, nah, chill out, knew it. It's church fault that we don't have the draft, the draft capital that we need, Mister Let's Chop. We should have been, we should have had the third pick in the draft and been able to trade back for multiple first rounds. But nah, <laughs> let's try to make the playoffs and go seven and nine and end up at pick number ten with nothing to show for it. They still got to pay back. Forty million dollars, but yeah, you know, who, well, hey, what do I know? What, what do I know? We can go the other route. We can go the other route. You know, <laughs> Andy Dalton route. is our starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Not that way. Not that way. Not that way. I'm telling you what, Will better hit on these draft picks, man. He better. Well, we go live first round, seven, baby. Nine, eight and eight. Oh, live first round, man. Kellen Moore sliding in round. here. All right, look, go ahead, go ahead leave, leave your comments right there in the Periscope if you believe that they need to go get an offensive tackle at 10 in the first round, uh, as McCray is saying. If you're, if you're on board with that, go, go ahead and let me know. Um, as I said, I'm going to say it till the cows come home. Uh, this team needs help defensively. I said before on the podcast, in case anyone forgot, what I would do on the offensive line next year is put Connor McGovern at guard, take out Connor Williams, and make Connor Williams my swing. Connor Williams is my swing in case something happens to Smith, something happens to Collins. You also have Terrence Steele, and you've got the other guys here who you've helped groom. I just need to fill this defense and make this defense adequate. This defense wasn't even adequate last year. Uh, for most of the year, they had the worst run defense in the NFL. They finished 31st in the league. I've got to address this defense, folks. I can't sit and around here and, and count two on a 40, on, 45, 41, 41 games, man. I can't. The two dudes, come on, man. The two dudes you just named didn't even play last season. Talking about backing up, uh, be there if, if, if something happened to Collins or something happened to Smith. I'm gonna tell you something that, that is almost 100 for, for sure. Something will happen to Smith if you if you go based off the last two or three years. Something <laughs> happened. Layup Collins, my LSU the last guy, four. Actually, didn't even the last, he, four, the, last four, four. the last four. Yes, Collins. Collins didn't even make it out of training. We didn't even have training camp for the most part. My man didn't even make it out of. He didn't even start training camp, man. Wait. What are you talking about? We about obviously Terrence are going to have a problem. What about no. Terrence Steele and Brandon no. Knight? No, 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 they've been developing. You can't tell me they played terrible. I mean, at the end of the season, they were actually playing decent. Okay, okay, so so, okay, so you you know, forget that. Connor Williams don't have no anchor. Come on, man, we watched him and talked about him on this podcast (laughs) week in and week out for getting drove back into the quarterback. No, I'm talking about no, no, no in and out moves or nothing. If you want a bull rush and you got a guy that can bull rush, put him on Connor Williams, and it's nothing against him. He just don't have an anchor. We seen him try to anchor. He didn't have it. 
My man's been hitting two sisters up. All right, he put some more pounds on. <laughs> He's ready to roll. He's ready to roll. All right, y'all gonna be upset next year talking about man. I can't believe we getting sacked this much, man. Dak, Dak always on the run. Dak always on my man coming off a broken leg. Y'all talking about let him have go, go out there with Terry Steele and Brandon Knight. <laughs> Crazy. Man. They can make they can make the jump, all right. They can make the jump from year one to year two, all right. They can make. Ooh, okay, all right. <laughs> See this 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 is the beauty of the podcast. We we have differing opinions here, and so uh, this, this this to watch this play out is going to be good because somebody will be drastically wrong, and somebody will be very very right, and I can't wait to see how this thing all plays out. Speaking of hey, drastically Louis. wrong, yes. No, wait, before you get to the Super Bowl picks, uh, off topic. Well, listen, how do you let a barber with COVID get up in a Super Bowl team, in the Super Bowl oh, team locker room? How, how does man. this happen? I don't understand. Nobody should have been getting no haircuts. There should have been no haircuts getting got. You already can't even travel to the Super Bowl destination until the weekend of, and you take a risk of having an outside barber come in who end up having COVID? Come on, man. That don't make no sense. Talk and about how, haircuts. I good. And how does he start cutting hair though without getting his results back? Like how does how does that even happen? Like no, we just tested you. Go ahead and get it cut these dudes up. We'll let you know what you what you tested back here in about thirty five minutes. How? They, how does this happen? They test the players harder than they test the barber. Come on, man. They snatch theirs off the field on warm ups, and you let a and you let the barber get in there and start chopping people up before you realize he had COVID. Come on, man. Boy was sneezing everywhere, man. Coughing everywhere. Well, first off, um, uh, Adam Shefford called him a hair cutter. So, so the hair cutter, oh, cutter that the Chiefs use. No, those are great. Those are great questions. Uh, I, I thought cats were supposed to be doing the home do, you know, do it yourself. But um, hey, man, it, it is what it. But, but what I find funny is everybody clear. Everybody gonna be good to play. You know, everybody, everybody, he had COVID. No, so, so at my job, if somebody near me gets COVID, they tell me I can't go to work. But the National Football League, dude, can beat up here cutting your hair, all up in you and touching you, and you're good to go on Sunday. That's the thing that I don't get, man. That, that that's amazing to me. Dudes, oh, you get it. Here, it, it's it, yeah, you're right. I do. You're right. I do. Oh, you get it. I do. I, you get right. it. Yeah, you're right. I do. I do. It's the select selective integrity of this is, is, is absolutely hilarious here. It is hilarious. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Money, money, money will not stand in the way of uh, running dudes out here. So, yeah. After the game, we'll probably probably watch five dudes test for COVID after the game, and and we'll just you know go 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 from there. Uh, all right, let's make these picks here, okay? Let's make these picks. Um, we did the championship picks, and um, I went out on a limb and, and went with, with uh, Green Bay to lose, and Tampa Bay ended up getting that dub, and I went with mm. Kansas City. Um, uh, what'd you guys go with during the championship game, championship weekend? Mm. What'd you guys go with? <laughs> I follow, I follow uh, church. I'm blaming mine on church. Nah, I, should, let me try, hey. I should never be following this dude, man. Goodness. Every time, right, I, every I time I side with church. Oh, I lose. have it right here. <laughs> I see uh, it right here, man. Your boys will throw very, you under the bus. <laughs> very predicted Green Bay would beat Tampa Bay uh, 31-21. And then church, you mm. predicted Buffalo was going to win at Kansas City by a point 28-27. Dmac, uh, you had uh, you had Green Bay winning at home over Tampa, thirty to twenty-four, and you had Buffalo winning at Kansas City, thirty-five thirty-one. I had Tampa as a twenty-three twenty win. 
uh, at Green Bay, and I had Kansas City with a 27-24 win. So now it is on to the Super Bowl for our final pick of the year. The Chiefs are favored by three points at Tampa. The Bucks get the Super Bowl in their home turf. First time we've <coughs> ever seen that. So, uh, Nostradamus, I'm going to allow you to go ahead and make your prediction first here. What you got? Man, like, it's hard to bet against Brady, but I I just can't see it happening, man. Kansas City is just too prolific with with Mahomes out there, the connection he has with Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. And and if for some reason you're able to get those two, oh, he got Sammy Watkins over here. He got Robinson over here. I mean, he just has too many weapons. I understand he's missing both of his tackles. But with this dude, it just seems like nothing can stop him right now. My heart wants to say Brady, but, you know, I got to go with the real right now. I think Mahomes gets his second ring. Hitchens gets his second ring. Damian Wilson, former Cowboys, get their second ring. I got to go Kansas City in this one, 31-17. Ooh, look, let me tell you something. I I, I would never again bet against Tom Brady. I wouldn't bet against Michael (laughs) Jordan. I wouldn't bet against LeBron James. So, like you said, Church, they're missing the, the two tackles. I think that Ty Bowles learned his lesson from the from their uh, in-season Ooh. matchup. And I don't see him letting the same thing happen that he had let happen previously where Tyreek Hill went off for 250, won fantasy football matchups for almost anybody who had him on their roster. I don't see that happening. I see my LSU guy, Leonard Fournette, coming up playoff Lenny, running the ball with some <laughs> very, very strong force. You also got Ronald Jones back there. I think they figure out a way to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands just enough for them to outscore the Kansas City Chiefs 28-24. to 24. Ooh. Mm. Mm. I don't see it happening, big dog, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Tyreek, listen, you- Tyreek Hill, Tyre Hill not going off on him like that again, man. Listen, if he do, Ty Bo, should, do, he should not have a head coaching job. Carlton, Carlton <laughs> Davis better hope not. Because, I mean, if, he gets, if Carlton gets skirt like that again, man, we may never see him again in the league. I mean, you can't give up 200 and some yards. And he, if you look at the highlights, he was at the back end of almost every one of those Tostitos touchdowns. So, me, man, I just, oof. The game Carlton, plan was man. horrible. The game plan was, was. you let Tyreek Hill line up at number three and run an over route with no help. The safety dropped down to cover the back, who <laughs> didn't mm. even really release for a deep route. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Ty Bowles letting that type of stuff happen. I see my guy Devin White, since we naming guys. LSU got Devin White. LSU got Lenny. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? They come out there this week, and they get their first uh, Super Bowl win, man. Devin White will change the game. He will make some stuff happen. You'll see him get a couple sacks. You'll see him stopping uh, Edwards Alaire, stopping uh, – um, Le'Veon Bell, he'll be a difference maker in that game this uh, this Sunday. The, the only chance they got is if Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett, if they can get going, if they can just go ahead and run over these backup tackles, then they got a chance. But if they, if that if they can't get there, it, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Mahomes I mean, listen, the, the, it, it wasn't a blowout when they played the first time, even with Tyreek Hill having two fifty. Right, so, oh, that was I, a blowout. They, that, they only they got let the foot off the gas. <laughs> <laughs> they got to fix a couple chilling. things. <laughs> what you got for us, Nui? By the way, if you have not listened to the Huddle and Flow podcast with Steve Weish and Jim Trotter talking to Todd Bowles, it is absolutely a hilarious listen. Todd drops so much knowledge, but he also talks about his coaching at uh, Morehouse College and going with Doug Williams from Morehouse to Grambling. 
and he talked about how when he was at Grambling, he had to work security at a juvenile concert uh, on campus. He's like, man, I didn't, know what, I didn't even know what the music was. And then when he was at Morehouse, he said, we, had, we didn't have a lot of great athletes, but we had smart guys. And he said, he told one guy, he's like, I want to see your eyes when you make a play. And he said, after he said that, the kid runs off, takes off his helmet, walks up to him, and he shows him his eyes. And uh, it is just like, and he, he said to Doug, was like, man, I can't do this, man. I can't do this. But his coaching journey and what he's done at Tampa Bay and then what he did with the Jets, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And he talks about uh, playing on a Super Bowl team with Doug Williams when they beat the Denver Broncos Super Bowl 22. So if you haven't heard that podcast, it is absolutely sensational. I think his Buccaneer defense is going to be very good on Sunday. I really do, especially with the tackles, the two starting tackles for Kansas City out. One of the tackles in that game is going to be Mike Rimmers. DeMarcus Ware and Vaughn Miller tore up Mike Rimmers and uh, Michael Orr when the Carolina Panthers ended up playing Denver Super Bowl 50. So they're going to have, Kansas City's going to have to find a way to get these guys some help. Um, I'm going to go with two other LSU guys that I think we need to be talking about on Super Sunday. Clyde Edwards-Alaire and a Honey Badger. I think these two guys mm-hmm. are going to be able to help make a difference in this football game. Um, I'm going to trust Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy to figure out a way to help these tackles out and Patrick Mahomes to use his feet a little bit and try to put him in motion a little bit to get away from the fact that you're going to have some, some, some pretty good um, Shaq Barrett and, and JPP coming after him. I'm going to go with Kansas City to come back and win this one 24-21. I think Tom Brady is going to have a, a, a mediocre football game. He, he had three interceptions in the second half against Green Bay. Who, who, who gets away with that in a playoff game? He got away with it because the Buccaneer defense was that good. Kansas City just finds threw, a way to get it he done. He threw three touchdowns, too, though. You know, he threw, he threw uh, three tugs, too. It's not like, you know what he did? that thing away. You know what he did? <laughs> He was white James, okay? That's all Tom Brady was. He was white James. <laughs> oh, James. no. No, can't do that. Yeah, oh. And his 300. Yeah, Isn't that what James it. did? Isn't that what James gave him? The very thing they ran, James switched it off. James gave him 30 for 30 and didn't make the playoffs. Tom Brady in the I, Super Bowl. Come on, man. Come I, I on. can't believe Don't you respect on that Brady man, man. James Winston. I can't believe it, man. We got to end this. Ivory James. Tom out there being Ivory James. And that ain't going to work. I, I just think the whole risk it, no biscuit thing, um, the turnover thing, I, I think it's going to get him. And, and give me the Honey Badger to return one, by the way, okay? Honey Badger would have picked okay. six in this one. So uh, 24, actually, you know, make it 24-23. I'm going to go with a one-point win for Kansas City. 24-23. How about that, fellas? Make your final pick, man. Stop stop switching the scores up. Kansas City. Don't don't Texas Texas after this talking about you switching the scores either. Yeah, I don't want to hear none of that. One-point win. One-point win. All right, Mahomes, one-point win. 24-23. Okay? So there we go. There we go. So, uh, boy, I'm going with church. I don't feel good about that. Uh, <laughs> here you go, man. It's your turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Friends like that, who needs enemies? But church, you rolling with me now, baby. You rolling with me, church, okay? You rolling with me. I'm going to bring you here home, baby. Okay, I'm bringing you Wait, home. Wait, hold on. Baby. Knew it. you home with me. Knew it. Hold on. Knew it. Why you still got that trophy behind you, bro? Mail that thing out, all right? Hey, knew it. Yeah, the hot side. Hey, hey, bro, that's not your trophy no more. Hey, knew it. I'll tell you what, man. That's not your trophy no more. My boy ain't even make the playoffs. He got the trophy. This is crazy, man. It is time to go. 
It's time to go. It's, <laughs> we admit it over. We admit it over. Thank hey, you, man, Chris Bean, for back, getting this done. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, man, you Negroes, it's Black History Month. We're all just trying to sit up here, pour dirt on a brother, man. But I'm not having it. That is the Players' Lounge hey. for Friday. We'll talk to you next week right here on Dallas Yeah, that trophy back, man. He got, a, he, he got a replica made. It's a replica. <laughs> Talking about he all time champ. Man, get that thing back. Two time champ. Two time. Two time champ. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!